0: Do life's greatest questions seem like a mystery? Well, we're probably going to talk about it here at Appalachian Liturgy. Important questions like, are you a Jedi
1: or an Imperial? Is oatmeal actually a breakfast cereal? Is a Catholic weekday really called a Ferial?
0: Did you know that Mr. Rogers was Presbyterial? So join us as we have a little fun talking about...
1: Thy kingdom. Come, Okay, welcome everyone to the Appalachian Liturgy Podcast. I am Justin Stacy. And I'm Justin Bowling. And tonight we have a good friend and reoccurring guest of the podcast, Pastor Nate Thomas. Nate, thank you for hey. joining us once again.
2: Thank you he for is, having
1: me. Yeah, no problem. He is taking the place of Brooke tonight. Uh, Brooke, unfortunately, she is out with um, Hudson being sick and so prayers for Hudson that he recovers soon and everything like that. But uh, yeah, Nate, thank you for the quick notice. We, we didn't give you much of a notice on this, but
2: (laughs) it's all right.
0: Wasn't there a talk show back in the eighties or nineties that if you return as a guest, like four or five times, you get a jacket or something like that or was it SNL or something? Saturday night live It's
2: the five timers club. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think
0: you're about Two there. more,
2: and I'm going to be expecting my yeah. jacket. <laughs> All right, I will
1: have to. I will have to see if we can get a jacket made. <laughs> Although you and you and Dustin Keith are in a competition, I've heard, as what Dustin said. So
2: apparently, we are.
1: <laughs> you're winning.
2: <laughs> well, the the sad thing is, I've only met Dustin once. I like him, but we've never been in the right. same place. <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, never seen you at the same place at the same time. Are we sure we don't mm. already have five clubs? just
1: under different um, aliases? That's right, <laughs> no, he, that's he's right. He's
2: apparently much younger than me, so <laughs> that's right.
1: Okay, good stuff. Well, tonight we are going to talk about uh Mr. Rogers, and I think Bowling, you mentioned that it was what World Kindness Day last week sometime,
0: yeah, oh. I believe so. It was World's Cardigan Day, and they were, yeah, World Kindness Day. I think they coupled together.
1: it together, kindness, cardigan day. And I knew that cardigan day was in November sometime. I just wasn't sure it happened. It started a couple years ago, I think. And that was also when I believe, won't you be my neighbor documentary debuted a, a couple oh, years yeah. ago. Yeah. So I guess it's a tradition now it's, it's sort of Mr. Rogers day in November. So we wanted to tackle that this week. So I guess let, let's get started. Where where do we want to start? I mean, he he is something else. Like like I said in the in the previous podcast, in my mind he's a saint. <laughs> like if if anybody is a saint, he's a saint. So where do we want to get started with him? Did you watch the show a lot as a kid?
0: Did you grow up on it, or did you kind of get into Mister Rogers more when you were older? I mean, I guess I can start with that. But yes, I <laughs> definitely watched Mister Rogers a ton growing up. It was probably. one of my two watched shows like for the first you know five to ten years of my life it was mr rogers and david the gnome were my two go-to shows which aren't exactly the same but (laughs) definitely was a huge mr rogers fan watched him all the time i'm i never really uh you know Imitated or wanted to dress up like Mr. Rogers or something, but <laughs> in terms of imitating the way he acted, it's kind of hard not to want to do that even as a kid because he kind of connects to you and is able to make you feel good about yourself no matter what situation you're in life. And I think that's kind of one of the uh, uh, attractive things about that as a show. It presents complex things in a simple way, and I guess that's why it stuck with me for a while.
2: Uh, I was say I agree. Um, growing up watching PBS, it was Sesame Street, The Electric Company, and Mr. Rogers. And you know, my parents on the on the being very active parents, they were not worried about me watching that. You know, when you're young, your parents kind of keep an eye on what you're doing or they should. But you know, Mr. Rogers was always just a, it's a peaceful time, there's no action. You know, kids like bright colors and loud noises. Mr. Rogers was the kind of show you could just watch and feel like you knew who you were with, you knew him. He accepted you. And even as an adult, when we look back, or at least I did this today, you realize how he wanted to include people. I mean, I read stuff today I had never heard before, which I know we'll talk about uh, regarding him, but just the impact he's made on generations cannot be overestimated.
1: Amen. Yeah, I I grew up with him as well. I will say that I think my fandom of him more as a nostalgic uh, hero almost that didn't really start until I was an adult. And I found out more about him and all this stuff. Now as a kid, I did watch him, you know, but I don't think it was my favorite show (laughs) as a kid. Uh, You know, because it was more on the educational side. And as a kid, you don't always like that, but I, he is definitely one of my favorite, you know, entertainers and favorite people of all time. Now, just because of how, great of a person he was and how he really let his faith and my cat is doing something she's going to (laughs) knock over some stuff here in a second (laughs) she's in the bag you see (laughs) she's getting ready to knock over something but how he lived his faith through the through TV right and it just it's it's amazing at the example he set for everyone for for kids and adults alike so that's what i love about him
0: do you think and I have a prop?
1: Oh, go ahead. Oh, you have to see your prop. So yeah, so I this is a Mister Rogers neighborhood board game, huh. and I bought this a few years ago. And looking at the back, it's actually a card game. So it's like a set collecting game, to where you you have all these characters and you collect sets of characters, and when you get like five sets or something, you win. So it's a very easy, it's kid friendly game, but. That's that's pr- primarily what that is. <laughs> and Nate, I think you had a, a prop, too, right? Oh, I,
2: I did. I, you know, I collect those Funko Pop characters. I found Mr. Rogers a few months ago and I, I told my buddy at the collectible shop, I said, save that one for me. I'm coming yeah. to get it. So he just threw it behind the counter, you know, and waited on me. Uh, you know, one of my favorites, I never would have looked for it. But one right. of my favorites, it sits on my shelf at the house.
0: And he's holding the trolley. That's perfect. Right. I like it. There's, yeah, a, yeah.
2: there's another one where he's holding King Friday, the puppet. But I oh, nice. It.
1: That's cool. Yeah, it's funny because I seen the day that they posted on welcome back collectibles, th- that figure. I seen that post and I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to have it. And then here's the first comment, Nate Thomas, save it for me. I'm like, dang <laughs> it.
2: <laughs> You're not the only one of my friends who's told me I need to leave his Facebook page alone. <laughs> he has a lot of my money living in his shop. Let's that's right.
1: That. That's right. It's a it's a wonderful shop. Plug uh, the plug to welcome back collectibles in Tassel. That's right. That's <laughs> a great shop.
0: I had meant to bring a collectible, but that kind of ties into the question I was about to ask. And that, uh, I was going to have my kids have these Daniel Tiger toys that uh, are kind of like a, a continuation of Mister Rogers mm-hmm. type thing. Yep. It's like the next generation of Make Believe Land. But unfortunately, I can't find them, which is not surprising in this house. But mm. I did want to ask, do you think there's, because it feels like to me, I watched Mr. Rogers for like the first 10 years of my life or something like that. And then I honestly didn't think about him too much for decades. And then all of a sudden in the past few years, it's kind of like came back like a storm again. It's because do you of think merchandise. There's a reason that that's, you think it's just merchandise? Yeah.
1: yeah, it is. I think it's, it's, it's a combination of merchandise and the movies and documentaries that they're making which ties into merchandise. That's the reason why they would want to do merchandise. And the only reason why this is taking place, and I mentioned this on the last podcast, is he's passed away, and I assume that his wife didn't have the sort of reservations that he had with merchandise and consumerism and things like that because he never would allow this. And, you know, I understand that. I kind of get, you know, and I sympathize with that or empathize with that. But at the same time, I feel like his legacy and his message has this is the way it has to spread. There is no there's no better way for it to spread than merchandise at this point. Because we're in a consumeristic society, you know. Right. So yeah, well, I think it same, had to evolve.
2: Sorry. It's the same principle as the Muppets. Mm-hmm. The Muppets went from being everywhere to going away once Disney bought them. And they are still popular because of cartoons. And all the stuff, all yeah. the merchandise. You're right. That's that's how that stuff stays popular. It's it's across the board.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I, so I was doing some uh, research today. I actually watched an episode earlier. And th- this is one of the, the things that I guess I know more now than than I realized then is that the tough topics that he talked about on the, the show. Divorce being one of them. Uh, and, and it amazed me how... He talked to kids because he talked to kids as if they were adults. I mean, he, he didn't dumb things down. He, he just went into the topics and, you know, and he asked them about their emotions, like, does this make you sad? Does it make you mad? Does it make you angry? Like, he's just asking kids. I mean, it's just wonderful. So what the episode I watched earlier was he was feeding his fish and he goes to the fish tank. And one of his fish had died. Oh. So, and it's amazing because they show the dead fish on camera. And he says, you know, have you ever lost a pet? And they have that whole episode on death. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, I can't believe that this That's is a kid's show. To watch. That is the episode <laughs> I picked to watch, yes. <laughs>
2: Is that I was one in where he talks good. about his childhood dog at the end? Yep,
1: it is. He talks about losing his pet dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, and even the the uh, Le- uh, Neighborhood of Make-Believe segment of the show was the trolley almost died in it. So And they had to have a doctor come and repair him. So it was a lot of just somber, mundane like things that kids have to go through, but that people don't want to talk about. Like People want to shield kids from that. But guess what? Kids are going to have to go through that. I mean, you know, everybody experiences death. So I just found it wonderful that that was, that was an episode. And I, I don't recall ever watching it. Was, it was one from like the late 70s, early 80s. So I'd never watched it before. So I just found it great. I looked up one of the. Oh, sorry. go ahead,
2: Nate. I, I, I could have waited. I was, when I was reading about him today and I looked up some clips on YouTube. I kept going back to Matthew chapter seven, uh, mm-hmm. verse verse twelve. I'm going to say, but don't quote me on that. But in Matthew seven, Jesus is doing the Sermon on the Mount, yeah. and he says, "By their fruits, you'll know them." Well, and I got to looking and reading about Mister Rogers, and here's this guy, and, and I know we'll get into that. He was a Presbyterian minister. Mm-hmm. He had delivered messages. He um, he he did not overtly talk about Christianity on his show. Which I can respect, so he could reach a bigger audience. I, mm-hmm. I can I can appreciate that, but his fruits were evident in the yep. way he impacted children. I mean, he was married to his wife for over fifty years, and people will, will will testify. I was reading this today that he was religiously faithful to her, avoiding any appearance of any any kind of uh, uh, misdeeds, and yep. uh, you know, those are fruits. Shouldn't we all aim for that? Well, you know, I'm I'm a pastor by trade, Mm -hmm. so I preach every Sunday, a couple times every Sunday. Well, what if I didn't? Would my fruits, if there are fruits, and I pray there are, Mm -hmm. would they be evident by my actions, my attitudes, the way I treat people? I'm not trying to preach to this audience, but, you know, would our fruits be evident like Mr. Rogers so clearly are? Right. I don't mean to take so long.
0: No, no, it, absolutely not. Really I think good. it's perfect. Yeah, and, and like you said, he on his show you don't hear him overtly preaching, but there's nobody that would question, you know, his faith or anything like oh. that. It's very obvious that Christ is a huge part was hu- a huge part of his life. And uh, similarly to you, I was reading a little bit about him earlier, and one thing that I hadn't read before was when he <clears> first got into. Um, television I, I knew he had thought about going into seminary some before right but one thing i didn't know was like why he decided to go into television and it said because he did not like television and thought it was used for a yes. lot of bad things <laughs> I, and i was like that's great especially for the time like we're in now when i know i think i rail on social media about every uh-huh. single podcast but you should. like I, I feel like that's a, a similar situation to where we have this medium now that is it has a lot of very um, negative effects on society that we can very plainly see. And so I feel like we could have kind of our Mr. Rogers of social media that can show how if somebody could be the Mr. Rogers of social media and show how we could kind of redeem that yep. and, you know, get the message of Christ across and get a positive message across rather than something that's so divisive, divisive as it is today.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking when I was, and I just read that too. That he actually did not like TV, right? And yeah, <clears throat> so being able to to jump into something you don't like that you despise maybe, and and heal it really, and that's kind of what he did. And you know, I, I wouldn't say that he totally fixed it, but he at least gave gave an avenue for good in TV and And he even railed against, like I said, the consumerism part of it, which is part of what he hated. He hated the marketing part of TV. So uh, w- one of the best things I think that he ever did was that uh, g- going in front of Congress yes. and that speech he gave to get funding for PBS, the, all the shows that's on PBS, that was amazing. And I mean they went from you know be, not wanting to to fund this thing to just giving him more than they asked for. <laughs> like, here's here's all the money. Like he <laughs> sold us. Uh, it's just amazing. He, he it was great.
2: <clears throat> it's almost like he single-handedly saved public television.
1: Exactly. That yeah.
2: that's the idea that you get. It's never overtly said, but he right. was so well spoken and so deliberate with what he was saying to the the Senate hearing. If I if I'm telling this right, president at the time wanted to drop their funding from 20 million to nothing and mm-hmm. then came back with a 10 million dollar offer he went with mr rogers he went before congress and at the end the the senator looks at it he goes well i believe you've earned that 20 million dollars
1: yeah it went back to the original I mean, offer yeah
2: that, that's i don't want to use the word lightly that's a miracle it is that that's a miracle that we could you could visibly see
0: yeah. And getting Congress to agree is absolutely.
2: a, <laughs> <laughs> And to
1: give more money. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the other things that um, I, I researched today was it's a lot of the <clears throat> topics that, you know, like I said, that he to- talked about was controversial for its day. And one specific instance was him doing uh, really a, a feet washing in a swimming pool with the, the black cop, the officer Clemens. Yeah. And I mean, it was deliberate because during this time you had the segregation of pools, right? And that was the, the hot topic thing of the day. So he deliberately did this, but I think, I find it interesting that. It was a feet washing really that, that he chose to do. So I feel like that was Christian symbolism that he pulled straight from Christianity, from his faith to, oh, wow. to bring into TV that you wouldn't okay. specifically notice if you weren't, you know, versed in Christian, you know, beliefs.
2: He used the same towel. Mr. Rogers used the same towel on his feet yeah. as on the Clemens' feet. Because yeah. the guy standing there and he says, well, I don't have a towel. And Mr. Rogers goes, well, you can use mine. Yep. <laughs> you can use the same one I'm using. I forget. Uh-huh. And you think in the time that aired, yep. even today in some circles, how right. controversial, how groundbreaking that would have been.
1: Yeah, I think that was in the seventies when he did that. So that would have been right. I mean, there was still a lot of a lot of segregated circles during the seventies. So, yeah, I, it, it's amazing. So I, I guess another fun fact about Officer Clemens he he's actually gay. the 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 person right. that played the character. Yeah, he he was gay, and this is one of the things that came out. I think when they were doing the documentary a few years ago, and is that Officer Clemens is gay. I mean, he's an activist now and everything. And that one of the things that Fred Rogers told him to do or asked him to do, being a part of the staff, is to not publicly come out. And, you know, there was a lot of outcry a few years ago about that, saying, oh, you know, Mr. Rogers is a homophobe and all this stuff. But he, uh, the... I'm trying to think of who the the guy. I think it's uh, Francisco Clemens was his name, I believe it's his actual name, and he he basically had an article about just questions and answers about Fred Rogers, and he talked all about that stuff, and he was you know talking about how during that time there was nobody accepting really of of gay people, and that it not only would have ruined his career, but it would have put a big burden on the show. Right. And that, that was exactly why Fred Rogers told, advised him. And he said in private, he even told him that, hey, I don't mind what you're doing. I don't mind your lifestyle. It doesn't bother me, but I have to look out for the show. I have to look out to keep us on air. And so please, if you're going to be a part of our staff, please just keep it private. And he did. He he said that he loved Fred Rogers like a father, and so he kept it private. He said he felt it was as needed. It was a sacrifice that he could give. He said for the greater good. And he was also religious too. They actually met in in the Presbyterian Church, Clemens and and Fred Rogers and, and his wife. So he was also religious too. So he felt that it was a calling on him to be a, to sacrifice that for the greater good of the ministry of Fred Rogers, and. I was like, this, that is just an amazing story as well. <laughs> but, I, you know, a lot of people wouldn't look at it that way. A lot of people would look at that Fred Rogers forced him to stay in the closet and that was such a, it would have been a horrible thing. But again, it's a different era. You got to look at the era it was in and there, the culture just was not as near as accepting as it is now. You know, and I, I think that Fred Rogers was just afraid of that. You know, he did his best to stay squeaky clean and to not get in any any trouble at all. You know, and I think, Nate, you had mentioned that already. So I think he was just overly protective of the show. And you can understand that. But I know... You can see today, too, like how anything that
0: gets overly controversial just becomes like a lightning rod for anything in the culture war. Like it doesn't Mm -hmm. get to stand for itself, but it just gets used by hijacked and used by other people and i mean if there's a similar time to what we're in today i feel like the late 60s around that time is probably pretty darn yeah. close so yeah yeah i feel like it's probably similar there too to where like he knew that if if it became like he's already maybe pushing some boundaries and stuff like that but yeah if it looks like he's like joining in the culture wars or whatever it's just, that's all it's going to become it's right not, he's not gonna he's gonna lose his message to only be available to a certain group of people and he wants it to be for
1: everybody right and and his wife said as much like she she said that if the if the show had been in a a different time had been now going on now that he would have definitely touched on these things and it would have been much more accepted and he wouldn't have tried to push back at all because there wouldn't have been the potential of the economic blowback (laughs) from taking that position so, and, you know, again, a lot of this, he, he was a religious person during that time. And I would assume that most religious people during the 60s and 70s probably did not have a pro-LGBT view during that time. So, again, you're a product of your era that you grow up in. It, it's just, it's hard to get around that.
2: It's very difficult to judge. I'll even go as recent as 2010. Mm-hmm. It is difficult to judge the past by the present standards. That's true. You know, we can, I don't want to get into the political or, or whatever, but it's easy to look back and say, well, how did we allow this to happen and to be accepted? Mm-hmm. We didn't. It's, it's a product of the time, what you're saying. Yeah. You, you can't judge the past back today.
1: Yeah. It, I mean, it, it, in a sense, it should be difficult to do that. I think everyone does it and they, it, it's easy to fall into that trap. Of oh, yeah. judging, looking back and saying, "Oh, we were those were terrible people." You know how how could Nazi Germany ever happen? But we were all fallen people here. We are all sinful people. And we are all apt to fall into those temptations, given the circumstances that we're brought up in. So I think there's a distinction, like to be clear, too, that
0: I don't. I know I know you're not saying, but just in case, like some people can hear it wrong. But like you're not arguing for moral relativism, like that something that was wrong today was right then type thing but more so like uh, yeah i'm just i know you're not saying that but i know some people can take it that way but instead it's more like what we see through the story of salvation author of scripture that god will meet us where we're at Mm -hmm. and then work from us there it's not that uh something was wrong you know it's what right and wrong don't change but more so that what god can work with in a certain state is where we are that's where he's that's what we have
2: and yeah. I don't want to get complaints. So thank
0: yeah. you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Trying to save those. <laughs> yeah.
2: Bowling, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: uh, kind of on a similar note too. Uh, I, I know one thing you hear people bring up a lot whenever something bad happens is his quote about, or and usually in terms of natural disasters or some kind of uh, tragic event, that mm-hmm. his quote about looking for the helpers, mm-hmm. which is like a yes. always like a really encouraging thing. And I feel like that kind of fits with his general uh Theme that we see a lot—the whole thing about like he thought television was bad, so he's going to go into this bad thing and bring something good out of it. And like same thing when the tragic event, he sees the helpers and brings something good out of it. Like, is that not the most central Christian thing that we see God doing all the time? Some, that He brings yes. something good out of something bad. That's kind of the, yes. the story of salvation summarized there. You know, the fallen uh, world—we get such a great a savior type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Felix culpa.
2: I agree.
1: Yeah, I think I think he he used that and that was a, I think something his mother told him and he yep. used that post 9/11 if I recall. Right. Yeah. And he, the show had just ended in August 2001 and then he came back with just a special video after 9/11 with that because he felt like he had to say something to help heal the nation and it was again that's, that's Mr. Rogers for you.
2: Oh. I saw an interview. I, I looked up, uh, I guess, just on YouTube as I was surfing around today, a clip of he him with Charlie Rose. And Charlie Rose asked him how many children he thought he had reached during the course of his show. And this would have been, I guess, in the, the late 80s or mid 90s. I'm not sure of the date. And Mr. Rogers replied, and this is not an exact quote. This is just what I wrote down. Basically, I don't care how many as long as there's one. And I... Of course, I immediately wrote down, that's the gospel message, if, if there's just yeah. one. The and sheep. I just, I'm yeah. more and more impressed the more I read that. I, I needed that today. So Yeah,
1: yeah that's, that's a great message. And speaking of sheep, I read that on his deathbed, he actually asked his wife, am I a sheep? I saw that, yeah. And she, she said, if anybody is, you are. And I just think it's amazing. And I think that it should hit home to all of us that as good as we can be, we think we are that we can be when we get to that time where we're, we're ready to meet God. Are we a sheep? That I think we're all going to ask that question. We all should be asking that question. Right. Because, and, and ultimately, it's, it's, it's Jesus that is saving us. It's not these good deeds. It doesn't matter how good we were. I mean, we should be showing the fruits, as we said, but it, that's not what's saving us. It's Jesus Christ that's saving us. So am I a sheep?
2: That's fantastic. Yeah. I hadn't read that.
1: Yep. I, I am going to write it down. I just thought, this is sermon stuff for you.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll give you guys credit when I steal any of it. <laughs> So I did think, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. Go ahead. I did think this afternoon, you know, and I was reading through and, and looking, I'm so tempted in January when we, when we start our our year at the church or some point, just the idea in the back of my mind is Mr. Rogers, Mm -hmm. let's take a Sunday and not. No, you don't want to canonize Fred Rogers. You don't want to elevate him into an idol.
1: (laughs) I want to to canonize him as a saint (laughs) at the very (laughs)
2: least. That's fine. That's not a battle I'm willing to fight. But just say, if you want to talk about a servant, you would talk about somebody putting their ego to the side. Mm -hmm. Somebody who, you know, his, the phrase, he put his money where his mouth was. There it is. Yeah. You know, his reputation, and, and you know we talk a lot about integrity. Of course, we all do. I, I just it has stuck in my head all day that there's there's a lot there to be mined from a modern day person that we mm-hmm. can we can look to.
1: Yeah, and I, I love you know I I love the segments the uh, the land of make believe just yes. promoting imagination, and he's still touching on the 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 tough topics in that in that fantasy world, but just promoting imagination. I think it's something that we're losing in the modern age with technology and everything. We need more imagination. And I also like how the transition, like you had the trolley going from in in, inside the home to the land of make believe and So there was this transition in the show. So I thought uh, just a lot of aspects of the show that I'm noticing. It's very cool that he did well thought out.
0: And it's funny, you, the land of McLeavy is what the Daniel Tiger stuff comes from. And that reminded me right. when I started thinking about that, there was an episode on there too, where his uh, he has a blue fish that dies and it's mm-hmm. touching on death there too. And I, I didn't realize oh. it was Mr. Rogers, uh, was he, like, it was a direct take from that, you know, yeah. that same episode that you mm-hmm. just mentioned. It just clicked with me there. Yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah. That's they even funny. made a grave marker sure. in in the episode I watched. They had and what's funny is the name, its name, it didn't really have a name, it was just fish. <laughs> so they wrote fish on it and they had a little image of it and they put a little grave marker there. And I was like, This is this is a great way to help kids, you know, accept death. Oh.
2: Yes, I, I watched some of the clips him talking about divorce today, mm. uh, like we, you are, I think you already mentioned, yeah, and just you know not to get too personal, but having gone through a divorce. Right. And of course I I don't have children, but it still spoke to me on, you know, here he's telling them, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not anybody's fault necessarily. It's not, it's not you, it's not this. And I thought how powerful that had to be for kids. Cause I think we can all agree kids believe what they're told. They believe what Mm -hmm. they say. Yep. I just, I'm just, I'm struck by how, how intelligent and how purposeful he was. With, with all of the help, and really, shouldn't we all be purposeful with the things we say and do? Right. I mean, just I'm, I'm, I'm kind of floored by that.
1: Yeah, I agree. So, one of the things that uh, I wanted to talk about is so, I, I think we, we've all ag- agreed that if you are familiar with Mr. Rogers, then you're probably a fan. Like, I don't know of anyone that's not a fan of Mr. Rogers, except. Fox News from the 2000s. You knew I was going to bring this up, Bowling. But I was hoping they, you wouldn't. But <laughs> you knew I was going to. But yeah, I'm not that, familiar with this. So it was, it was, it was, a, it was in a joking manner. I'll give you that. They laughed about yes. it when they said it. Yeah. So take it for a grain of salt. They were probably joking. But they, yes. they did say that part of the problem with today's culture, and this was in the 2000s when they said it, is or the the kids, the young adults of today's culture, is they grew up with Mister Rogers. And that he taught them that they're fine with the way they are, that they don't ever have to change anything and that that was a problem. So I actually wanted to bring that up and just dive in a little bit. Is that actually a problem? Like if, if you're telling kids that they are completely fine, then again, yeah. from the more, the more of the Christian standpoint, it could that be I... a problem?
0: Yes, if taken in isolation, but that's the way every like sin and problem works is that you know, you take one thing that's true. I think it's a Chester quote. You take one piece that's true and you hold that in isolation and ignore all the other truths that also come in context with it. But I think, I think the, the reason why that's even more limited than what I just said is that the problem is most people need to hear that they're not worthless rather than hearing that they... Mm-hmm have something wrong with them now obviously like i said maybe that's changed a little bit because i think we see a lot in our culture that the lack of acknowledgement of sin has seemed to have grown a lot in the in the recent past i would say to where it may not it may be a little bit different than it was when mr rogers first came on to where people Mm -hmm. don't want to admit that they've done anything wrong but I, i still think the greater problem more so is that people are more likely to feel worthless and unredeemable rather than feel like that they're completely perfect and they have no flaws. So obviously, yeah, if you think that if you take it completely literally and ignore everything else and say, look, there's nothing wrong with me at all. I don't do anything wrong. I've never lied to anybody. Mm -hmm. I've never, uh, you know, yelled at my family or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's problematic, but I don't think that's the context that it's really in. It's in a context where people feel like they are shamed and can't ever be redeemed.
2: Well, and that's a problem we see with adults today. I, I, don't, I don't want to get too preachy again, but a lot of ministers have made a lot of money telling people that they don't deserve grace, telling yeah. people that they don't have any worth, telling people that they need to change. Instead of presenting the gospel, the good news, which is, like you said, God meets you where you are God gets down in the dirt with you. He will go into the pigsty, exactly, like the prodigal son. And that doesn't mean that everything you do is okay, but it does mean that we accept you where you are. It is not, and you have worth where you are. Yeah. Right, you you have worth. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And I I don't I, 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 listen. I I have quite a few opinions about Fox News. You can tell by the look on my face, I'm not impressed. But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. That's a whole yeah. other podcast. And you can edit that out if you like or not. No,
1: it's staying but, for sure.
2: But how ridiculous to tell yeah. to tell people that that was the problem. Yeah. Even and, if it was said in a joking manner, right? People Agreed. listen to that nonsense and take it as the gospel. Yeah. It's not.
1: Yeah, I, I think what's important is is the context of who Mr. Rogers' target audience is. We're we're talking about probably kids five and under, right? I mean, in, in, at least elementary school age kids. That's it. That, that's his primary target audience. Right. You, though, kids of that age is not in, I, I don't think, the mind frame to really understand or know sin or accountability or any of that. So why would, like, why would you be telling them, you know, you're, you're bad and you're doing this and you're done? Da- they, they need to hear that they're, they're, they're worthy. They need to hear that they're loved. They need to hear that the way they are, I accept you and I love you, you know? And if you think about the gospel, that is the first step of the gospel. God is accepting us and loving us the way we are. Jesus Christ is offering that. And then it's it's the relationship through Jesus Christ that changes us. It's not the reverse. We don't have to change to get in the relationship. We have to get in the relationship to change. Right. And I think that that's important. That's a nice little slogan. I like that. You like that?
2: (laughs) That was on the spot.
1: That should be a (laughs) t-shirt. Right.
2: You know, I I know I've shared with you all before, I was a youth pastor a long time. I'm still active in in our youth ministry, even serving in a a senior pastor. But I cannot tell you the number of times that kids will come in and dad doesn't want anything to do with them for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. They live with grandma and grandpa because mom's off doing whatever she wants. Kids think it's their fault. They think they don't have value. And it's it's easily as bad today as it was 30 years ago, if not worse. Yeah. So that Mr. Rogers telling them you, you have value. I like you for who you are is so vital. And that's what we need to be doing, yep. whether you are a pastor or not, you are an ambassador of the gospel. Yep.
1: We are all so, priests.
2: Right. I agree.
1: Yeah. It,
2: it, that like you said too,
0: Nate, that it's that one sheet. You know that there are some right. people out there that even if like it's become more of a general problem that we want to ignore sin, there's absolutely individuals out there that have been right. completely broken by being degraded, by being, right. you know, put down their whole life. That those people absolutely need to hear that they're worthy.
1: Absolutely. And I, I think if our society had a Mr. Rogers. Specifically in the avenue of social media, it would help greatly with uh, bullying, cyberbullying, and all of those things, and, and especially yeah. teen suicide, because mm-hmm. it's such a problem. And we just need that—we need that voice. I pray, I pray some, some, somebody with you know the, I guess the entertainment value that Mister Rogers had can can step up and just be be that that voice. That's what we need for sure. I agree. All right. Any other Mr. Rogers thoughts? Uh, One, four, three. Did y'all read this? One, four, three.
0: 143
1: pounds is what he stayed primarily his entire adult life. And that's because one, (laughs) yeah, Uh, one, I, four, love, four letters, love, you, three letters. So 143 is what he tried to stay at his entire oh. adult life. Yeah. So that's a interesting symbolic thing to do, Just, yeah. and stay healthy. You know, I guess that's a, a good healthy weight. <laughs> maybe, maybe a little too skinny for my preference. But
2: <laughs> I haven't seen 143 pounds probably since my senior year of high school or earlier.
1: Probably for me, fourth grade, fifth grade. <laughs> yeah. that's,
2: that's, that's a long I think way, I was way.
0: listed. On the high school football thing at 150, and you know, they always add extra weight onto those things, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's probably
1: about the same time. <laughs> yep,
2: I, I didn't get to see the movie that Tom Hanks played Mr. Rogers in. Did either one of you guys see
1: it? I did, yeah, it was good. It was really I,
2: good. I, that's on my list of movies to catch at some point.
1: There was a second one
0: too, wasn't there? There were two. That there's a out. documentary, to...
1: there's a documentary that came out first, those okay. that was a couple years ago, and that was just a documentary, and then the second one good. was Tom Hanks portraying fred rogers but it was from the what was interesting it was from the the site of the a journalist who was trying to interview fred rogers and, and it was weird because his motives uh, if i'm remembering correctly his motives was that he just could not believe that fred rogers was as good <laughs> as he thought you know as he's portrayed so this journalist got interested in finding out more of fred rogers really to uncover things and turns out he's as good as as the media says he is, and they become really good friends, and it's just an amazing story. So if I would that encourage. That is not a
0: theological statement on the cynicism of man. I don't. Yeah, know yeah. What
1: that right. is? <laughs> <laughs> that is very true. Okay, good stuff. I had a had a good feeling that this would be a a great topic, yeah. and that's pretty fun. I'm yeah. very
0: glad too that, like I said, I've mentioned a couple of times, the Daniel Tiger stuff is around because my kids get yeah. to enjoy it, and the, right. s- the same type of thing that I got to enjoy. I've had, I've tried to get them to watch some original Mister Rogers, but I, I guess the uh, the television age difference. Right. Like, what is this stuff yeah. that you're making me? What is what is a, what is <laughs> Why a cassette tape? blurry? <laughs> <laughs> I, mean,
2: I read that Mister Rogers Neighborhood isn't available for streaming anywhere. Is that right?
1: Uh, I don't know, actually.
2: You know, like Sesame Street's on it's, HBO Max, it's, actually, it's owned by Warner Brothers.
0: Yeah, this was it's a like, couple years ago. I don't know if it's like went away, but I know we streamed an episode. Unless it was just like was some it on Amazon Prime that I found? And I, well, we have Amazon now, Prime, so it could have been.
1: There is a YouTube channel, and it's called Mr. Rogers Neighborhood, and I don't know if it's like uh, aff- actually affiliated or if it's just a fan, but they actually do have a lot of the episodes on it, and that's where I watched it if tonight. That was true. Yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't looked at any of the streaming. But I'll I'll check it out. I would like to I'd like to go back and watch some of the black and white ones, just yeah. some of the old ones to see. But yeah, I guess to close this. good stuff. To close this. it's is such a good feeling to know your life. It's such a happy feeling. You're growing inside when you wake up, ready to say, "I think I'll make a snappy new day." It's such a good feeling very good feeling the feeling you know that i'll be back when the day is new and i'll have more ideas for you and you'll have things you'll want to talk about i will too peace be to you have a good night thank you so much for tuning in we really hope you got some enjoyment out of the podcast this week. Remember to check out our website, www.appalachialitergy.com, and follow us on all of our social medias. If you want an easy way to support us, though, make sure to subscribe to our channels and like our videos on YouTube. Also, join our email list for updates and let us know how we're doing. See you next week, everyone. Appalachian Liturgy Podcast is a JRS Studios production.